Hello, everybody, and welcome to Connected Knowledge from Upland Software on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and today, if you're a contact center leader, we're talking all about you. What's going on in your business? How are you handling staffing in an employee's market? How are you navigating modern metrics? Our own Samantha Middlebrook is here to share her lessons learned from the Contact Center Summit and beyond. Samantha Middlebrook, welcome. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. I feel like the last episode, just a few weeks back, we were talking a lot about some of the issues, technical and human issues that go into contact center management. And I feel like you are here to hammer home a lot of these topics with a lot more detail. You serve as the Senior Director of Product Marketing and Product Management in the Contact Center Productivity Business Unit here at Upland Software. And as such, you've been speaking with contact center leaders around the world about the issues they face in their centers And you are here, therefore, to solve all of their problems in one stroke. I cannot wait. Yes, I'm solving all of the world's contact center problems just in this (laughs) short time span, really, is the is the goal. That, that's what we're looking mm-hmm. for. We're looking for the magic wand uh, and you are here to wield it. Let's, let's start with the human side of contact center problems. What are you hearing from contact center leaders talking about their talent? Yes. So retaining contact center staff is not a new problem. If we think about five or 10 years ago, contact centers were a completely physical location, entry-level job, kind of picking anyone off the street with a heartbeat, it could feel like at the time, to feel the seats and to get people answering the calls. So um, doing that is something we've been doing since the dawn of contact center time. I guess the, the challenge that lots of leaders are facing now is, as you mentioned before, it is an employee's market. So now for the first time, contact center agents have the right to choose, choose flexibility, choose where they want to work, choose their working hours. Um, And that is creating a, um, a very stressful situation in terms of workforce planning and talent acquisition. So that's what we're really hearing. It's almost getting back down to the hygiene 101 of contact centers. How do we get people in the door? And once they're in the door, how do we train and support them so they're going to stay? Is this a function of the the pandemic transition? Is that how we ended up here with the 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 sort of contact center talent having more agency in the market? It is definitely, um, I think it's definitely a byproduct of COVID. I think if we think about the pandemic and all of the, you know, if we think glass half full, what did it mean for many of us working? Um, It meant flexibility, uh, but that is a little bit easier to manage when we have economies of scale in the business or the function that we're working in. So if you are a product manager or a product marketer, marketer working at home in between dropping off kids or, um, you know, having your appointments or whatever it is you need to do is pretty easy to manage because it's a one-to-one relationship. You know, you manage your stakeholders and that's how you go. When you're an organization trying to manage the flow of calls or contact coming into a contact center, um, when you're trying to look at trends of interactions and time of day that your customers like to interact with you, then it's a lot harder 
harder to try and manage that time and also provide that flexibility to the agents that they're asking for. Well, let's talk about that flexibility. What are the hallmarks of flexibility that agents are asking for and managers are having to contend with? So um, in recent conversations that I had, and I think we mentioned the Contact Centre Summit, we were there a couple of weeks ago and it just really confirmed some of these conversations we've been having with our other customers and people in the market. So the first thing is, you know, as a contact center agent, as I'm going through the job ads, the first thing that I'm looking for is the ability to work from home. And speaking to different contact leaders, different organizations have different, um, I guess, metrics they've put in place or boundaries. So one of the big banks that I spoke to said, we allow work from home 100% flexibility once you pass one year probation working in the contact centre. And it reminded me of my time working in the contact centre so many years ago, um, more than I would like to admit. I joined a contact centre at a large health organisation here in Australia and their one-year rule wasn't about flexible working because at that time nobody was working from home. It didn't matter your job, you just weren't working from home. But their one-year rule was once once you put in the work and you log those hours for one year in the contact centre, then you could apply for anywhere else in the business on secondment. Um, And at that time, the person providing that HR induction was in a fantastic looking suit. And I thought to myself, oh, I want to work in the corporate division. So I just need to get through that one year time and it will open up the opportunity. So if we think about now, that one year mark is saying, you know, it's not about you moving throughout the business, but it's about you having that entry level role and making it work for your lifestyle. I'm trying to rationalize that as a as a good change. Mm-hmm. Your one-year mark is more flexibility staying in exactly the job you have. Yeah, so it's interesting, right? We've got to think about the persona of the contact center agent and are they looking to grow within an organization or are they just happy being the contact center agent and, you know, the doer and, and getting stuff done? So if you think about post-pandemic, people have really reassessed what's important to them. And if flexibility is kind of in the top three goals when they're looking at an employer, then then maybe flexibility is just being in the contact center, but choosing the fact that they work, you know, a Tuesday to Thursday and they log in in the morning and they log out for drop off and then they come back in and that's what's important to them. The other thing sure. from a flexibility perspective is the organizations were talking about um, the ability to, one, choose hours, but work from anywhere. So if we think about kind of digital nomads and the next generation, and, and generally speaking, contact centers are a younger generation, the thought of working from anywhere, picking up your laptop and your headset and working you know, from an island, if that's where you are and that's where your life's taking you, then that is a pretty exciting proposition because who doesn't want to be um, working beachside and taking those customer calls if they're still getting paid? It's a very different um, it's a very different gap here than trying to backpack through Europe without any income, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you might not be hiking the Pacific Crest Trail <laughs> with your laptop and your headset, but you certainly have flexibility. In the spirit of making the the workplace more flexible for the agent, how do we make the agent's experience more useful? for 
the organization. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about training and development. Mm-hmm. How is that changing and what are those challenges that operators are finding? Yeah, so um, I mean, the the really hard part is how do you support somebody remotely? And we've seen this through the pandemic. So regardless of your role, it's been the challenge mm-hmm. of how do you induct someone in? How do you make them feel like they're part of the team? How do you keep a pulse check on how they're going and how do you make sure they're performing? Especially if they're on an island with their headset. If they're on an island with a headset. So um, if we think about contact center, they are very metrics driven. So every call that's coming in, the time to answer, the after call work, the work, the hold time, all of that is being tracked. And so we need to look at how do we support those agents no matter where they are working. So the tool set that they have available is really important, but also the guidance that we're providing their leaders in the contact center and the tools that they have to be able to see and listen in um, and watch what's happening, not from a big brother perspective, but just from a guidance perspective. And it's a very fine line, you know, One of the conversations I was having recently was um, contact center leaders were asking, hey, do you use screen recordings and are you monitoring absolutely everything that the agent is doing if they're not working in a physical office? And the answer was no. No, we don't because it's about trust. I mean, it's about building trust for the employees so they actually stay and they enjoy working within that contact center um, and it's not that big brother environment, which is what we thought about working from home was pre-pandemic. Well, and that's exactly what we're hearing, mm-hmm. right? When you see as the pandemic sort of monitoring mm-hmm. shifts from an IT perspective that the number one, uh, you know, s- sellers on Amazon are mouse jigglers. Mm-hmm. So it looks like your mouse doesn't mm-hmm. stop moving for mm-hmm. more than a minute. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of things, like it's a relief to hear that that is that that we're pushing back on some of those big brotherish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of uh, efforts. And it's definitely a journey. If I think about um, the conversations I was having with some of these customers a couple of years ago around digital transformation and really, you know, the uptake of newer technologies, they were very, very change resistant. So change resistant out of fear, not not understanding how things would work um, and what the flow on effect would be. So I think that all of that you know, we've we've learned to deal with things and kind of be a little bit more relaxed in business. You know, one of one of the people that I was speaking to the other day, they were talking about it's almost encouraged now, not encouraged, but it's completely acceptable if you've got a contact center agent working from home and there's a little bit of background noise because they're finding from their customer experience perspective, it's making their agents seem like humans um, because they are humans and it's less about the, you know, white noise. I don't know if you've ever been on a call with an agent and they don't even put you on hold. They actually mute you because they're so freaked out. They're trying to work out what, what do they say and what do they do? And it's a very bad practice, but they mute you and it drops the sound. And for the customer on the end of the line, they're just stuck in this vortex like you were hung of, up on. of white noise, yeah. what's happening. And if you think about if they're in the middle of a really challenging cont- uh, experience, you know, maybe some type of bill has has been overdrawn or they're being charged for a, a healthcare piece that they didn't think, going into that cone of silence is very off-putting and scary. So it's quite an interesting observation saying, hey, you know, if there's a dog barking now, we're actually finding that the customer is connecting a little bit more to that agent because they're really connecting human to human, which is a really nice piece as well, I think, from experience. 
That's lovely. Actually, that's, that is a, a lovely sentiment. So t- let's talk. You've already mentioned metrics mm-hmm. and, and speaking in terms of metrics and forecasting. How, how do you do that coming out of the last, you know, two or three years? Mm-hmm. Uh, how are organizations being forced to shift mm, it's a re- the way they think about forecasting. I think we are still working out what the baseline is. One of the customers I was speaking to the other day said, we feel like we've lost two years of data. And I thought, wow, yeah. that is significant because, you know, the the one thing that was sure in contact land for, you know, 10 or 15 years was you understand your call volumes and you understand how many people you need to answer the calls in a timely manner. And that was, you know, call center 101. But now we've got these really large organizations saying, hey, we feel like we're flying a bit blind. And then the other complexity on top of that, Pete, is overlaying the push to digital. So it's easy to it's easy. It's easier to try and manage volume when you're thinking about a single channel. How often is that phone going to ring and how many agents do I need? But what happens if you add chat into that? And now you've got a one-to-many relationship that you need to keep up. You know, chat agents generally are using, they're interacting with four to eight different customers at any one time. So now you've got the phone channel and now you've got chat. And if you've introduced a self-service option like a chatbot, the other thing that we're seeing as well is there's no surety that the inquiry is going to finish in that channel. So what I mean by that is, um, Pete, let's say you lose your credit card and you need Mm -hmm. to replace it. This trend that we're seeing is this kind of reassurance trend is how I'm going to describe it. So let's say, Pete, you've lost your credit card and you go onto the website and you authenticate into your login and you say, hey, I can see everything that I need to do. I am going to cancel my credit card. Um, I've authenticated. I know I'm in my bank. I've logged in. I can see that I've cancelled my credit card. I can see that it says that a new card is going to be issued. Hey, you've even received a text message verifying the interaction with the SLA. What's happening though now, Pete, is many, many customers are still going back to the voice channel and calling up to say, hey, I just cancelled my credit card. I got the text, but can you reassure me that I've cancelled my credit card? And so that's throwing a complete spanner in the works because, again, if we think about volumes and we think about trends and how we monitor what's going to come in, you know, one of the banks said to me, the credit card, the the lost credit card is the simple transaction. It's high volume. It's low value. It's something we know we can self-serve. And I know that's what I've recommended to customers over many years when we're saying bring bring knowledge into digital. You know, that, that in sure. theory, it's what we demonstrate all the time. But now what they're saying is actually, no, there's been so much fraudulent activity. The customer still wants to speak to a human. How did they end up talking to my mother so many times? <laughs> Yeah, that's it seems like such a no brainer, mm-hmm. but it seems like also we have to pivot for the emotional reality mm-hmm. of the fraud environment mm-hmm. and everybody's been taken advantage of at least once, if not now, then when mm-hmm. it's coming. And so I, I, I love this pivoting around reassurance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, targeting, right? That Are there other elements that, uh, you know, but the credit card is a great mm-hmm. example, but how can call centers like how do you shift your advice to help call centers stay ahead? 
of some of these trends? Yeah, so I think that um, we're kind of looking at the sentiment of a customer. So if you think about where the customer is in their journey, if you think about how many interactions they've had with your organization over, let's say, a a six-month period, Pete, how many times have they connected in with you? What have been their channels? How many times have you provided them incorrect information? Because as they start to distrust you as a customer, the likelihood of Mm -hmm. them going back into the voice channel, which is the more expensive channel for organizations to manage, is much higher. So if we think about what does that mean for a contact center agent or for a contact center, how can they start to solve for that problem? It's really around having that single view of the customer. You'll hear people talk about a single pane of glass. You know, how are we taking our data from our CRM and working that into the telephony And how do we see all of the interactions a customer has had to really understand, you know, the trust they have with us as an organization, but also the sentiment involved with the inquiry that they have as well. And then we have to get pretty smart with how we're doing that calculation for forecasting. But I don't think we're there yet. I think we're still working it out. I I was stunned today, given the context of everything Mm -hmm. you've just said, I was stunned today to get an email advertising to me that one of my favorite companies is now offering uh, call center video Mm -hmm. shopping Mm -hmm. assistance. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I, that was kind of a new thing, like saying, hey, call us, er, jump on a video chat anytime. Mm -hmm. I've done text chat, I've done, uh, I've done phone, Mm -hmm. I've done all the other things, but that seems like such a strain on an already sort of perplexed system. Hmm. And yet, to your point, the the reassurance mm-hmm. marketing, mm-hmm. the reassurance yeah. communication, it makes total yeah. sense. It makes total if sense. If we think about industries where um, the human connection is super important, and, and at Upland, yeah. we work with banking and finance, and we work with health industries, you know, and when you're thinking about um, emotional interactions, uh, and you're talking about money, seeing mm-hmm. someone and resonating with someone and connecting with a human makes a difference. So if we go back to a banking example, we've spoken about lost or stolen card, but let's think about getting a, a home loan. Then the mm-hmm. even speaking with um, some of the attendees at that conference and they said, look, we know everything about banking. We've worked in the bank for 30 years even when it was time for me to go and get my home loan, I went and sat in front of a mortgage, um, a home loan lender to work it out because that is yeah. a huge investment. It's 30 years of my life and I want to connect with the person that I'm talking to. So video conference makes sense, you know, whether it's shopping or whether yeah. it's these big life decisions. It's really around how are you changing the game of customer experience for your customers and how yeah. are you allowing them to connect? So offering that is is something that I, I think we'll see a lot more of. You'll see the technology companies are investing more in this space, especially when we look at things like, you know, video conferencing, live transcription, how AI is being, um, you know, pitted in amongst all of those things, it's going to become really important. We've seen it in the health industry as well with, um, you know, uh, video conferencing uh, consultations, which weren't really a thing, you know, five years ago. Sure. Well, and especially you talk about the way the sort of Mm post-pandemic environment has has changed inside Mm -hmm. call centers. Look at 
people like me mm-hmm. and people like your your uh, contact center person who's going in for a human. We're all looking for mm-hmm. human connection mm-hmm. after being apart from you. Like that is a massive shift in humanity. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's going to be increased demand mm-hmm. there. It only makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like you and I could wax philosophical about the massive shifts in humanity all day. But we should talk a little bit about how uh, the the products that you uh, oversee can help address some of these things. Can you walk us through uh, what you represent and how Upland Software can can help call centers address these changes? Of course. So um, I represent the contact center productivity suite. I'm sure you never would have guessed based on this conversation. So I look after the strategy for three of our products, Right Answers, Panviva and Ingenious. So looking after the strategy means understanding what's happening in the market, talking to a lot of people, whether they be customers or prospects and understanding the challenges that they have and how we can solve them with our products. So we are really um, set in our vision that we don't just want to throw technology um, at contact centers and hope they catch it and hope it sticks. We want to actually dig in and, and realize what's happening. So let's talk about Ingenious to start off with because um, Ingenious has this cute little saying, which is it's the glue between the two. And the glue between the two is two different applications. It is your CRM, so your customer record management and your telephony. So both of those applications are kind of the heart and soul of a contact center. It's how is the customer contacting you and it's um, how do we track everything that's gone on so we can solve their problems. So within Genius, it's really about simplifying that view for the agent. So when they pick up that call, they've got all the information that they need to make sure that they are giving that personalized experience, which we touched on last podcast. So Pete, let's take the sure. um, the lost or stolen credit card as an example. If you are a, a contact center agent for that bank and you are using the ingenious product, rather than answering the call kind of blindly and saying, hey, you know, how can I help you today? You will actually be able to see the fact that, um, you know, Pete has already been on the website, he's logged in, he's cancelled the call, we've sent him the text message because all of those interactions attract. And now I can really focus on the conversation at hand. As an agent, I can think about my empathy, I can think about my recommended wording, I've been trained, and I can really focus on the human connection because the systems are handled for me. I don't need to go digging and searching to look for things. And if I find out, Pete, that, hey, you know what, um, I'm not the best person to speak to, I need to transfer you to an expert in another part of the organization, then that is also handled through the application as well. So they seem like really little things, but they make a really big difference when we're thinking about customer experience. Because again, it's less about um, what do I say? What do I press? Where do I go next? It's really about connecting in with what you need. That's one of the things I, I walked away with from our, our conversation last mm-hmm. time uh, about uh, Ingenious is, is just what a lovely bit of synchronicity mm-hmm. you get by, one, to your point about reassurance connection, mm-hmm. like, I feel better knowing that I just have a human say, hey, I get it, and yes, it is canceled, and you're going to be fine, but also that as an agent, my life would be better yes. knowing and confirming that those systems are better. My job is better. My experience is better. I'm I'm generally a happier agent knowing I can be of that level of service. Mm-hmm. So that um, that is a really basic way that Ingenious helps. But if we link it back to that um, 
the concept of working from anywhere. And let's think about the team leader who has a really challenging job to support and track metrics using Ingenious um, in, in that scenario. They can make sure that they have the ability to see, you know, what is happening on that call, listen in on that call so they can offer support to the agent. You know, so we always look at metrics and say, oh, you know, it looks like um, that person's been on a call for a, a long time. Let me dip in and see what's actually going on so I can guide them as well. So, you know, it means that no matter where you are, you're getting that same level of support and guidance that you would in the physical location. All right. So that's ingenious. Uh, let's talk about the other two uh, knowledge products. So the knowledge products are similar, but different in their own right. So if you think about knowledge as a whole, right, knowledge is about delivering the right information to the right person at their time of need. Um, and that should be based on a couple of different things. So what role are they in? Um, what is their competency level? Where are they located? All of those things play a factor. Now, the delivery needs to really meet the agent in their channel. So if we've got an agent working in Microsoft Teams, as an example, and uh, they are chatting all the time, um, you know, maybe we need to provide a um, AI-driven chatbot to serve up knowledge there. Or perhaps they are working in Salesforce because that's where their customer record is and they want to be able to search for information just right within that single view. And so both of the products allow you to do that. So the beauty of knowledge management is it changes um, the response from the agent to the customer to I think I know the answer to the answer is. And if we think about that reassurance loop, that is really, really important. We've all been on the call with an agent where you just know they don't really know what they're talking about. And, you know, again, if they put you in the cone of silence with mute or they're putting you on hold, they're either really crazily searching for information or in the old days, maybe they were kind of raising their hand frantically looking for a floor walker to come over to support. So knowledge is about providing them the right answer wherever they are and making sure the answer has gone through the right levels of checks. Um, so it is the correct thing that you should be saying to the customer. So again, no matter where they're working, being able to deliver that message out, being able to put through things like change and communications and track and record how effective that is and bringing it back into that continuous improvement cycle is really important as well. I, and again, to our point about customer sat and agency, agent sat, like we, you feel better when you can say with confidence that you know the mm -hmm. answer. That's exactly you're, right. You're creating happier operators. Mm -hmm. Samantha, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your, your tour through the Contact Center Summit uh, responses, some of the stories that you've shared. I, I am fascinated uh, and I hope that you will come back and talk to us again as the environment, as the world continues to change for our call center specialists. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We appreciate your time and your attention. Uh, don't forget, head over to UplandSoftware.com. You can find us in the resources section. Just look for the podcast. You'll see all the episodes that we have produced of this show and our others. On behalf of Samantha Middlebrook, I'm Pete Wright. We'll see you next time right here on Connected Knowledge from Upland Software.